0: Jesus said, Come, follow me. Matthew 4, verse 19. Welcome to Canaanbaum Podcast, a podcast designed to offer the Christian rest during life's journey, featuring music and devotional segments by those who support the teaching of the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod, the Wells along with the ELS Evangelical Lutheran Synod. My name is Tom Barthel, serving as pastor at Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. Glad to be serving as your host for this episode. This is episode number one hundred forty eight. Next is a devotion shared by Pastor Mark Falk from First Peter chapter four, read by Pastor Peter Hagen.
1: 1 Peter chapter 4 verses 7 through 10 Focus The end is near The end of all things is near therefore be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray Above all love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. It isn't always easy to get toddlers to listen. I had at least one child that needed me to grab his little cheeks in my hands and say, Look at me. Focus was an issue. Distractions are everywhere for such little ones. Likewise, I usually smile and ask my congregation to look at me and listen twice a year, the Sunday before daylight savings time and the Sunday before regular time returns. Spring is more important. If they come early in the fall, maybe they'll stumble into Bible class by mistake. Definitely a good thing. Any reader of the Bible must sometimes be struck by statements like this. The end of all things is near. Many critics of scriptures some of whom come in the sheep's clothing of false prophets in the Church. But these critics hint or assert that the Apostles got it wrong. It has, after all, been 2,000 years. But even Jesus' words point to a coming that will be sudden and surprising. It is always good for us to believe these words. The Church has been more focused at those times when persecution and natural disaster and war have convinced both preachers and leaders that these are indeed the last days in the language of scripture. We have been living in the last days ever since the Messiah shed his blood and rose from the grave. The 1,000 years of revelation, properly understood, are the era called the New Testament. Why does the Holy Spirit write, write such things? He's holding our little toddler cheeks in his hands and trying to get us to focus. There is so much that distracts us. We are compelled, not just by the realities of life, but by God himself, to be faithful stewards of our lives, our marriages, our children, our communities, our state, our nation, etc. But these things of this age can easily become everything to us, and they are not. The end is near. We will get to the instructions about life in these and following verses in the coming days, but today and always we must turn our hearts to Christ Look at the cross, rejoice in the empty tomb, be wise about the second coming of Christ to judge all flesh, and urgently pray that God keep us in our baptismal faith in the doing and dying of Jesus Christ. He is our focus, for He is our life.
0: Here's a song shared by Tracy Fedke called Paul and Silas.
2: And you Saints and angels will
0: This next segment is shared from Peacedevotions.com, God's Unchanging Word.
3: There are many products in our world today that change all the time. Cell phones, for instance. Take your favorite model. It seems like there's a new one coming out every year. There are other products, though, that never change. Think of a product like Coca-Cola. They haven't changed their formula in a 100 years. You might ask yourself, didn't they ever try? They tried it back in the 80s, and it was an utter failure, as their customers were angry that they changed the flavor of that most precious soft drink. God's Word, in some ways, is like Coca-Cola. You can't mess with perfection. God's Word is perfect in every way because it's given to us by the perfect and holy God. And yet, there's many times where we would like to change God's Word, to have it say something different, say God's Word is just too old-fashioned to apply to the 21st century, to maybe change what God says about marriage or sexuality, to change what God says about creation or even murder. But if we change God's Word, it no longer is God's Word. In Numbers chapter 23 verse 19, God says this, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. God does not change His mind, nor does He change His Word or His law. And that should terrify us that what God said 3,000 years ago concerning His moral law still applies to us even today. But there is also comfort in the fact that God's Word doesn't change. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, it says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes, God's law doesn't change, but neither does his gospel. That Jesus Christ still forgives sins, that he forgives all who come to him, repenting, turning to him in faith, he offers full and free forgiveness now and always. What a blessing it is to know that God's word does not change, but a comfort for us. Amen.
0: Come, follow me, or else. What takes real motivation? Picture one soldier who goes out against his will to spend hard days and weeks in the army. Picture another soldier who throws himself into the line of fire to save his comrades. There are probably two different motivators behind their actions. Fear can motivate, but the motivation that comes from love can be far greater. When it comes down to what motivates us there there's essentially only fear and love the teachings behind these motivators in the bible can be called law and gospel god threatens the sinner and warns of their destruction the law causes fear it can even motivate someone into action someone who's about to die because of their sin will certainly think twice about how they view that sin by itself the law is a harsh thing to face It will leave us feeling in despair and a constant struggle against the guilt that plagues us. But it can still move us into action. Yet the Bible has another teaching. The gospel is very different from the law. It motivates someone into action without using fear. It drives a person to act through an outpouring of love. When the sinner realizes the forgiveness and goodness of God, the gospel motivates them to a new life of faith. In thanksgiving, without fear, the believer can serve God. The gospel brings us no threat to fear, but it still moves us into action, far more than the law ever could. Both teachings are needed. The law will cut the sinful heart. It can wake up the person who's sinking into spiritual slumber and falling away from faith. The law can serve as a guide for the believer who's driven by the gospel to a life of thanksgiving. The gospel will overcome the sting of the law and strengthen the new self. It will bring healing and comfort where the law brought guilt and fear. In 1 Samuel 11, we find both law and gospel motivation utilized by Saul. It says, The Spirit of God came powerfully upon him, and he burned with anger. He took a pair of oxen, cut them into pieces, and sent the pieces by messengers throughout Israel, proclaiming, This is what will be done to the oxen of anyone who does not follow Saul and Samuel. Then the terror of the Lord fell on the people, and they came out together as one. Saul was driven by the Spirit to move the people into action. They were in spiritual slumber and needed the threat of the law. And later, when the chance came out to bring swift retribution on those who failed, he lets the gospel shine. Saul forgives the dissenters, allows healing, and wisely lets a new motivation begin to reign in the people who once hated him. Jesus has given us the love of God in the most amazing way. We know the pardon of God for the guilty. We know the power of a love which seeks no payment in return. We know the love of God that comes completely undeserved for the sinner we know of an amazing love of sacrifice and faithfulness for the faithless. We call it God's grace. That love of Jesus changes our hearts and motivates us in a way the unbeliever can never fully understand. Christian fathers and parents have this awesome tool belt for their family, law and gospel. They always need to let the gospel come out as the strongest motivator. It is the one that only the Christian can really understand and rightly use. Jesus' call to follow him is far different in nature than a king who threatens or a father who yells and simply punishes Ron. He offers us all in love and invites us all to follow him in love. Consider all the things our king of kings has done that we might come out together as one and follow him through all things. Come, follow me. He invites. We'll close this episode with a song by the camp-filled oh, choir. To me, Come to me.
4: You, who are we can carry around? A heavy burden, a heavy heart. I'll give you a brand new start. I'll take you
0: have been listening to Canaanbound Podcast. For more information on the music and the devotions featured in this segment, visit canaanboundpodcast.com. This was episode number 148, first shared in September of 2019. We we encourage you to find a Wells or ELS location nearest you. To find a ministry in your area, visit wells.net. Thanks for joining us, and remember His promised rest.